Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this episode of the Bullpen Cart presented by ThunderBlogSports.com. The Bullpen Cart is back for the 2018 season and we start things off previewing the American League East just like we did last year. It's me and Greg the Prophet Piatelli. We go through all five AL East teams, do a little free agency talk, then give our picks for the division, how they're going to stack up. We also cover some stadium snacks and recap the Oscars, since Greg and I talked about it on last week's Hockey and Hoops Hour. A little bit of business. There is going to be a Hockey and Hoops Hour coming out tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. Also stay tuned for the next episode of Girls on Hoops. If you haven't checked out episode one, go do so. But third and girls, Emily Anderson and Mary Gorman talk basketball. But, as always, enjoy this week's episode. I'm excited for baseball to be back. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Follow us on Instagram for stadium snacks and everything else, games that we go to and whatnot. That's Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. ThunderblogSports.com for all the blog posts. And enjoy this week's episode. Thanks again, guys. And we are live! Welcome back to the Bullpen Cart, the baseball podcast that is the name of the feed, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com. I, of course, am the G-Man with me, as always, Greg the Prophet Piatelli. What's up, buddy? Jordy, living the dream, pumped. For uh, the bullpen cart to be back uh, to its namesake, if you will. Yes, and in real life. Yes. Uh, also a topic for later. That's a great. That's why you're the, the hostess with the mostest. Yeah, uh, I guess so. Um, you know, we're gonna go that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm excited. Uh, gr- gr- pumped to be here. Glad. Uh, glad I'm back for the AL East preview. I was also on Pod One, Episode One, which was AL East preview, and uh, it was. And I, I got it right. I predicted the, the AL East preview correctly last year. Made a big prediction. No one believed me. And uh, you that's did. So I, I got my you name. You did. You got it right. You, you got the playoff part wrong, but you got the, the regular season finish right. Hey, listen. We, I said my homer pick and my actual pick. I gave, I gave, a, I gave, <laughs> I gave a, I gave a, I gave a realistic. Okay. All right. All right. Well. For those that are new to the bullpen cart podcast, normally good. If you, if you normally good, if you subscribed via the football, the hockey, the hoops, or most recently with Girls on Hoops, our newest podcast in the feed. What we do, we talk about baseball. What we did last year for our previews, we went through each division. So expect this to be number one of six or seven, depending on uh, how we're going to handle doing our pro season preview. What we do is we go through every single team and then we make our predictions of how they're going to finish. Last year, we actually did it in reverse order. This year, we're just going to go through every single team. Uh, You might be skipping around to your team if that's why you're tuning in. Check that in the timestamps below to see when we talk about them. Then at the very end, we're going to say, hey, here's going to be fifth, fourth, third, second, first, and then uh, go on our merry way. Go on to the next podcast. So we start with the AL East. We did it last year, so we figured it might as well be a great st- place to start. First up is the Baltimore Orioles. Greg, 
Start this one off for me. Yeah, I mean, uh, Orioles last year, basement, bottom, uh, I guess, by one game, if you will, uh, oh. of the AL East. Um, 75-87 uh, was their record. Um, similar similar issues. I mean, they, they had the worst starting – uh, rotation in the in all of baseball last year, and yep. they haven't gotten much better. Um, you know, their offense is is good enough to to carry them a little bit, um, and their bullpen obviously is 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 great. But they're going to be outworked, and with how terrible their starting rotation is, and, well, and Zach Britton's still hurt. Yeah, I was I was going to ask you when when do they expect him back? I think they just put him back on the 60 day DL. I don't know if that carries over season to season. I'm looking at this now on a Yahoo of when it's as of. Um, Yeah. But I mean, even right now, just looking at their, at their, um, yeah, their list of players. I mean, there's a lot that are going to start the season on the DL. They were saying, they were saying May or June, right? For Britain. Yeah. I think that that sounds about right. I'm, uh, I mean, in, regardless, I mean, he came back for a couple of games last year and was still pretty hurt and had to go back on it. And that was only May that he actually had to go back onto the DL. So, I mean, they're going to probably be pretty uh, pretty conservative about what they do with him. Yeah, and they have Brad Bratch, who who's, was one of the best relief pitchers in all of baseball. And, and uh, you know, Britain, I mean – they were everything I'm reading or have read is is been like they're gonna trade him if he's got like one or two good months after the Achilles when he comes yeah. back. Um, yeah, which would make sense. Yeah, so I mean, I mean they should be sellers, and uh, especially with Machado all but leaving, I wouldn't be surprised if they ship him out before. Yeah, I mean, so that was a big part of the off season was was the Manny Machado sweepstakes gonna be all but done at you know. In the offseason, I mean, now it's, you know, we, I mean, then again, we said this about Paul Goldschmidt last year and we saw what the Diamondbacks were able to do, but I don't think the, the Orioles are, are, th- are that at all, even close to what the Diamondbacks were a year ago. Um, you know, I mean, he comes back to shortstop. That was his big thing. They got rid of JJ Hardy, let, they let him walk in free agency. Um, they have Tim Beckham playing third now. They're outfield. I mean, they still have Adam Jones, but, the rest of it, it's it's a you know their infields a similar cast of characters, but nothing really too much going on from them. Yeah, and uh, a lot of strikeouts, some home runs, not a lot of hitting, not a lot of great hitting. That is, is and Rajay Davis is a they got rid of him last year, right? Yeah, they got rid of him. They got rid of him at the deadline, and it's like who who I mean, unless they're going the the super young route, I mean. Who's really going to step up for them? Who's really going to be their guy outside of Machado? And and I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if if sooner rather than later Machado's gone. But uh, that's just me. I'm I'm also pumped because I I hate 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 their manager. Uh, and I don't use the word hate. Buck. Yeah. Not a Buck guy. No. Get yeah, uh, Showalter, right? Yeah, Buck Showalter. I absolutely hate him. I mean, he was talking trash. The Orioles had like one good season and he was like talking trash about the Red Sox and like, I forgot about that. <laughs> the, Orioles, the Orioles were like four games still behind the Red Sox and he was talking trash about the Red Sox. And I'm sitting yeah. there like, dude, you're, you're, your team's relevant one year and you're like 
you're out here thinking you're the best manager in the world. Like you, there's a reason why you were fired. Like, and all those years ago and you were on ESPN because no one fucking wanted you in the game of baseball. And now you're back because you were on ESPN and, and uh, guess what? Your team fucking sucks again. So, yeah. but one thing I think I find pretty funny too, just because Yahoo shows their minor league transactions. They've signed a lot of guys that five years ago were bigger names, but they were, were kind of older. Like Pedro Alvarez is a guy that's in their minor league system. Colby Rasmus, um, were who's the other guy that I had that they uh, signed earlier in the offseason. But point being, they have a lot of guys that are that are older that are hanging around there. That if they wanted to maybe pull the trigger, they could and and bring them up to try to add veteran presence. But nothing too much to be expected i think from the baltimore orioles because you hit the nail on the head their pitching still isn't much to be changed and probably will still get uh get roughed up a little bit i mean ibala jimenez isn't he their best fucking pitcher him um what's his face isn't terrible uh kevin gosman's not terrible but he's also not great <laughs> andrew cashner's okay chris tillman's okay so we'll see. I mean, their bullpen's their bullpen's going to be the highlight of their I mean, pitching they have, staff. They have uh, Mike Wright and and uh, Aaron O'Day is pretty good. Yeah. Get, okay. Yeah. That, I didn't know how to fucking say his last name, so I'm glad you did. Uh, <laughs> ooh, O'Day? No, no, no. You know, you know, Yona, Yona, Yona. Oh yeah, Yona. Yona. <laughs> Yona. It's like gnocchi. Ooh, nice, George. So I think doesn't that start with a G though? Yeah, I don't know. You're, yeah, hey, you're the smart one. Get get a grip. Yeah, yeah right. Um, <laughs> but any any other notes that we should that we should let people know about with the Orioles? Machado's probably out. Trumbo, do you think he might get he might get traded to another AL contender? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean th- that Beckham kid, the third baseman, he's pretty good and he's young. He's pretty though, good. Right? Uh, I'm pulling him up now. He uh. Yeah, I mean, he is pretty good. He's drafted in 08, so I would think he was 18 then. So he's probably close to 28. I mean, he played for he played for Tampa Bay. I think he played for the White Sox at one point. Um, he, had a, he had a good year last year. I mean, for them, a good year for them. Oh, yeah, Tr- Trumbo is a good name. Uh, I don't think he. I mean, I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, Chris Davis, I don't think he's really going anywhere either. I mean, the, it's, well, Chris it's, Davis is is all home runs. It's all it's all flare and it's all yeah. flash and flare and not a lot of substance. And like and like, I mean, not for nothing, but they they don't really like they have three or four guys who they're spending all this money on. It's like they need to they need to not have done that. <laughs> oh, it's only been with Tampa Bay. Not, I'm thinking Gordon Beckham. Um, yeah, no, and and. Uh, Chris Tillman is is you know he's the he's like the six seven guy who who was on the Padres he had that one good year remember yeah yeah uh, he's a starting pitcher you know good for them whatever but yeah that that be my big thing um, talent's not great top to bottom they do have some guys but where do they go from there and like you said they're all homers and you know I know I know the I yeah anyways all homers from there but um, well you were starting to say it but we'll move on to them. <laughs> and we'll come back to where we think the Baltimore Orioles will finish at the end. When we move on to the Boston Red Sox, your boys, who I'm looking at their their projected depth chart right now, and doesn't seem like too much has changed except for one big 
signing. And that is the guy that seemed like they were going to have for, they, they were the only team in the sweepstakes. Then it was broken that they were going to sign him. And then five days later, they actually signed him. JD Martinez. Greg, what are your initial thoughts as a Red Sox fan of the signing and how the team is looking so far? So, uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about JD Martinez a little bit. Uh, huge fan. Um, I mean, th- my only issue is that I think it's so tough because he's he's an outfielder, right? He's an outfielder by trade, and their outfield is so young and so good that he's not going to play in the outfield unless those guys are getting nights off, right? Yep. Then the next logical thing would be DH, but Hanley Ramirez has been their DH. Okay. This, you know, JD Martin, JD Martinez, we're going to put him in the lineup. Hanley, you're going to play first. Right. And then, but now you re-sign Mitch Moreland, who's a gold glove first baseman, and you're going to stash him on the bench. And I get, you know, offense over defense, but it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how core maneuvers, um, maneuvers the lineup this year. And another thing that, you know, insider knowledge, I mean, as a you know, Red Sox fan, but Hanley Ramirez has like, has something in his claw, something in his contract about the number of, number of at-bats that he gets this year. Like if he reaches that number or threshold, then he gets a huge, huge, huge bonus. Um, and like, that's going to help. Cause he's, he's a, he's either going to be a free agent this year or he like could be a restricted free agent, which means, you know, he could go out and the Red Sox could match and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it's one of those things where there's a lot of sports writers in Boston and, and talk radio guys saying basically that, you know, core is going to core Alex core, the new manager, which everyone loves myself included. Uh, he's going to have to try and manage Hanley Ramirez, you know, how much he's, how much he play or sorry. How, yeah. How many bats he gets, you know, how many hits he has, all these things like that. Um, interesting note, Jordy about Hanley Ramirez. Went on the Tom Brady method the tb12 diet and method uh and lost a ton of weight like his back to like his shortstop a little heavier than what he's playing with shortstop but he's back to like that physique and build that he had when he first came up and like just pure athlete no longer like a slob who wants to be dh all the time so he's looking unbelievable and the tb12 diet looks like it works um anyways so that was my rant that was my ramble um here's 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 my big thing right jordy actually give me your take on the red sox i've been talking a lot and then i'll give you mine good go okay so my thoughts they look they look a lot similar to last year Mm -hmm. they kept a lot of pieces together which i like a lot Uh, i like the jd martinez signing that's actually a really good point uh with mitch moreland i noticed that today that they did Mm re-sign him and it's interesting with with how they could construct it i mean the one thought that I would say is that LA also had this last year and we saw how they were able to maneuver that. So this team's young. They've been playing together for a while. Sands Martinez and really Moreland. He came last year, right? Um, you know, so they, there should be, you know, the camaraderie of, of a team together to be able to, you know, fit the pieces as such and you know, go out and, and play. The one thing I really like about them is starting pitching, which is also really your top four guys have remained much of the same in Porcello, Sale, Price, and Pomerantz. Um, real big sleeper fantasy baseball-wise is Drew Pomerantz as a uh, owner myself. Um, but I like it. I think you guys are going to be be sitting pretty well without spoiling anything of who of where I think they're going to finish. I mean, you guys are sitting sitting pretty 
for for the division. Um, and I think just the the ability, it's better to have more assets than than none and have a, and have bench depth because I know at least watching the National League where you have to deal with pinch hitting and whatnot, it, it can come into play. But if there is times where you know you want to switch out a player who maybe isn't having the hot bat or the hot hand or want to finagle one way or the other, you can do that at least. Love that. Great, great call. Um, starting pitching is a great point. Uh, you know, David Price, all intents and purposes last year was like his rehab year um, yep. from his injury. So he's going to be great back. second half, though. He's had two great second halves for the That's Red Sox. Because he, 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 he was hurt. So like, yeah. I have, I, I'm expecting, sorry, I think David Price is going to have a David Price year again um, in terms of what he used to be from those Ray's days, and I think it's just going to bolster that starting pitching even more. They're not going to have to rely on Sale and Pomerantz as much. You know, they're going to be top to bottom. Porcello had a had a slow year last slow year last year because they overworked him so much in his Cy Young year because they wanted him to win Cy Young, you know, and rightfully so. So, you know, I think it's one of those things where he doesn't have the pressure. So the the all four those first four guys, Sale, Price, Porcello, Pomerantz, like you said, are going to be. Off the charts, unbelievable um, in terms of having good numbers again. And their fifth guy, I mean, Eduardo, Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez, um, mm. their fifth starter. He, you know, starting the year hurt. Stephen Wright, their knuckleballer, who also carried the team a couple years ago, he's hurt to start the year. So their fifth, they could, they at some point, they could have a six man rotation, which only helps saving Chris Sale because that was a big knock in the playoffs. They didn't have Sale at the end of the year, so they, that could only help if the six-man rotation could only help by the end of the end of the uh, end of the season. Uh, if we're being honest, and give me give the thing that the thing about the Red Sox. I mean, I could go on and on about their lineup and and how you know their depth and and the big thing that I'm looking at is their catcher, their catchers, the the big battle between. Sandy Leon, uh, Christian Vasquez, and Blake Swihart, um, with the last two being the young guys. But yeah, I like Vasquez a lot. Yeah, he's awesome, and yeah. the pitchers love pitching to him. Like he's really, he's the guy in the, that everyone's like, oh that yeah. It's like Carlos Ruiz with the Phillies. Everybody loved him. Yeah, exactly. Made exactly. a huge difference with that with getting that rotation in the uh, the better years for the Phils. Yeah, no, and and you're right. And Vasquez, it's like one of those things where you almost take what he'll give you offensively because he's so good defensively that you're yep. just all right, you know, whatever you like, we're on you, you know? Yeah. Um, so then the next thing, the thing that I really want to talk about is for a team that number one, number one in the division, 95, win, 93 wins, sorry, excuse me, last year, right? They had their bullpen this year is only so much better by making zero acquisitions. And I'll tell you why, right? Tyler Thornburg, Finally healthy, missed, you know, they got him late. Um, or sorry, they got him in a trade from Milwaukee in 16 and, and missed a bunch of the year with an injury, right? Carson Smith, similar sort of thing, okay? Matt Barnes, you know, he's he's been up and down, but he still can throw 100 miles an hour. Joe Kelly, 101 miles an hour. Robbie Scott is that lefty who throws junk out of the pen. Kimbrell, obviously, in my opinion, top two, if not three, if not one, Closer in in all of baseball, Easily. yeah. Easily. If not, if not top in the uh, in the American League, um, and then Heath Henry, who's just their their guy who's been there forever. So that's where I think that the strength. I mean, 
yeah, they have all the numbers on offense, the flashy, and they got the young talent, and they have the the starting pitching depth, what have you. But their bullpen is really, uh, in my opinion, the unsung hero of the team. I mean, you look at you look at the last the last couple of years teams have success is how great their bullpens have been, exactly from the Royals to to the Astros and what have you. So we I could talk a whole podcast about the. Red Sox, just like you could with the Phillies. So uh, before I continue rambling and before we get on to my next Red Sox thing, uh, get, get us off of it. <laughs> so I was going to say the same thing about the bullpen. I like what you guys are bringing to the table a lot. So you basically took the words out of my mouth. Do you have one more thing or do you want to move on to the Yankees? Um, I mean, honestly, the thing that the thing that impresses me most about the Red, uh, the Red Sox and, and that excites me the most is, is just their youth for this year and what have you. But the thing that also makes me scared is the fact that three or four or five of their big core players, including Xander Bogarts and, um, you know, even David Price and Chris Dale are all going to be free agents at the same time. So their window is kind of this year and next year, if not this year. So uh, unless they're willing to shell out some money and the ownership group has given us no reason to believe they wouldn't. So yeah. it's, it's almost a, with this core young group who, who I love and you love and we all love, it's sort of now or never, not now or never, but there's sort of like the pressure of, of this year um, or next, if that makes sense. No, no, no. It makes a ton of sense. I mean, that's obviously we'll talk about the, the overall postseason at the very end of all the previews, but that's kind of where, where it comes into play of, how does Houston line up to everybody? How does Cleveland line up to everybody? Because you guys were the unlucky division winner that drew Houston in the first round. I mean, the, the Indians also lost in the first round, but you, know, you just happened to, to draw Houston early. So, uh, you know, but we'll save that for another day. We move on, though, to your despised, my dad's beloved New York Yankees who come in to the 2018 season with a team that could potentially hit a baseball to the moon. I mean, I disagree with that statement, but <laughs> I wanted to try to get get you rattled right off the gate. But the big news of the Yankees coming into this year, they acquired Giancarlo Stanton from the Miami Marlins basically for nothing. Um am I am I wrong in that assessment that they basically gave Derek Jeter in in Miami not a ton for for Stanton? They, Oh yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. I mean, draft picks, which in baseball, I mean, how many draft picks ever really pan out? And uh, Starlin Castro, who has to get traded. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> they got rid of a bad egg, and they added, you know, a guy who wants to win a championship when it's all said and done. But yeah. I mean, honestly, Jordy, I don't. I know the flashy thing is to talk about John Carlo, you know, and Judge, but. I think Greg Bird, their first baseman who missed a whole bunch of time last year. That's my dad's guy. He loves Greg Bird. Yeah, he's like the fucking classic, like, Bern, uh, who is their fucking center fielder forever? Bernie, Sa- Bernie not Bernie Sanders, Bernie, Bernie Williams. Yeah, he's the classic. I, that's why I stopped, because I almost said Bernie Sanders, too. He's the classic, <laughs> like, like, Posada, like, piece of shit Yankee that just, like, <sighs> always, always does the, always does the, always plays well, always does the right thing at the right time. He's <laughs> He was hurt most of last year. He came back at the playoffs the right time. <laughs> came back to the playoffs the right time and just fucking did well. Um, so Do you hate Kyle Schwarber too then? No. he did that for the Cubs. No, because 
Schwarber is not like a Schwarber is outspoken. He has a personality. This this fucking guy, just like Bernie Williams and Horror Sutter, just like big piece of shit Yankee. Like, uh, I love I love the fucking Yankees. Uh, I'm gonna cut my hair perfect and be a piece. Like, wear a suit and tie to the fucking ballpark like an asshole. Like, get the fuck out of here. Um, we're some speakers. I mean, honestly, Jordy, Didi Gregorius, you have to respect the talent. They're shortstop right. there. Um, you know, like I said, we talked about, uh, you know, Greg Bird at first. Aaron Hicks is honestly stealing the job from Ellsbury, uh, the center yeah. fielder job from Ellsbury, which, you know, I hate Ellsbury with the best of them, so I'm pumped that he's on the goddamn bench. Well, Hicks did pretty well last year for him. Oh, he did great. Um, and then if Brett Garner, if you need to throw him out in center, you can. He'll probably play left. Apparently, uh, Stanton played some left field today in spring training for the second time ever in his career. So maybe they try to, to finagle around as they can. Yeah, I mean, that was my, my – I mean, again, I I know you want to talk about Stanton, and that's like the sexy thing that people are going to listen to. Um, no, we're, we're going through the whole team. So well, don't you worry, like, baseball nerds. Well, my thing we got is, you. My thing is Brett the Jet – I mean, he's goddamn guy's old. You know, you think you think you'd have him in the in the lineup to be Brett the Jet, but he didn't really steal that many bases last year. And he's not really Clint Frazier playing there too. Yeah, and he he didn't really do too much for them. Um, but again, another piece of shit Yankee. But you know, I think it's I think it's you're not gonna you're not gonna take Judge out of out of right. I think he oh. had too good of a too good a he surprised people Damn. with how well he played. You can't. Yeah. No, you can't. You're right, 100%. I, I think it's a bounce-back year for Gary Sanchez. I think he got a bad rap defensively. Um, I think he's been working on it, or I hope he's been working on it. And I think it affected him um, offensively just because he was like, I know everyone thinks I'm shitty at fucking. So he put pressure on himself, Gary Sanchez did, to to turn around and try and be better um, offensively because he was making so many defensive mistakes. So I think this year he's going to have that year that everyone expected. I think this year he's going to have that sort of uh bounce back year that that we all expect from him um and that's their offense in my opinion uh, any anything else that you think any, any other big point you want to touch on offensively what i would say is yeah i mean the other the one other player we didn't talk about was brandon drury who they picked up from in a trade about two or three weeks ago from Tampa. Um, he could be, he could be an addition that, that helps out there. Um, but yeah, I think the Gary Sanchez take is, is a pretty good one. Uh, he did okay last year. It's not like he had a shit year here. He was hurt a little bit. Um, so we'll see. Um, Ronald Torres is the guy replacing Starlin Castro at second. He should be all right. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the big thing is, the really the big question is what will don't they have Tyler you know, the Wade? They do also have they have Tyler Austin. They have um Tyler Wade is the second baseman. He's a lefty, right? He's young. Uh, yeah, they do have Tyler Wade as well. That's right. Uh, yeah, he's super young. This they is are, the second year in the league. Yankees are high on him. Anyway. Yeah, they are high on him. So it'll be it'll be interesting uh, how they how they flip around. I mean, they they could move that infield around as as they really want to see it. It kind of I think depends on how everything goes with spring training. Um, but really, I think the real big question for them offensively is how do their big four in terms of power do in Stanton, Judge, Sanchez, and Bird? Because you could bat, and Aaron Judge was batting second at certain points in 
the at the end of last year, you could throw Judge up up second, and this is a guy who hit 30 home runs before the All Star break. Uh, and then, as you'll quickly point out, so I'll do it for you. Went very cold for a while, and then sort of found it, figured it out towards the end of the season. But then you have Clint Frazier who can hit home runs. You have Greg Bird. You have Didi Gregorius who can come really out of nowhere and, and hit some bombs. So, really, if they can figure out. How, where it works out, and they have a new in, they have a new uh, new manager as well. That might be their biggest their biggest factor is how does Aaron Boone, who's never had any sort of managerial experience, how does he adjust in one of the toughest towns to you know be a coach and be a head coach and a manager in? Yeah, and, and I think I think uh, it's a great point. And I was yeah. gonna, I was going to talk about because um, they're. The shittiest of all shit. No, no, not the shit. But he, I was going to talk about Brett. He, uh, Brett Boone there. Um, Aaron Boone. Brett Boone's uh, his brother. Oh, oh, I refuse to say his name, but Brett, Boone, Brett Boone's little brother. Um, <laughs> he's, I think, honestly, I think he might be the weakest part of their team, if that makes sense. You know? No, no, no. It does. Because yeah. baseball is important. People don't like really talk about the importance of the coach and other things outside of football, but baseball is pretty up there. In terms of the importance of the pitch or of the uh, the manager, yeah, no, you're right, and and I think, you know, in order not only personalities and managing managing different things like that, but you also have to, you know, know when to say no to players, know when to take out a starting pitcher, know how to manage a bullpen, uh, know when to make changes here and there, and and a team like the Yankees who are solely going to rely on homers to get you know, to they can't really manufacture runs too much. Yeah, there's no small ball in this lineup. Yeah, and I mean, quite frankly, there's no way Judge has a has a, as good of a year as he had last year. There's just no chance in any, no way that he has that same type of production. Um, I'm a firm believer he's overachieved a thousand percent, and he's not going to do that again. I mean, once the pressure got on him and people actually started watching tape, he sucked. So, I think that's going to happen all year. Um, big, big, big time cold streak for almost two months, uh, if not three. He's a piece of shit. Um, he's got a gap tooth, and he needs to fix that, but. The Yankees' strong bullpen, uh, as always, um, or for the last couple of years, I should say. Oh. And they're sorry. I'm. I feel like I'm attacking people individually, but you can help me. But uh, anyways, the biggest outside of outside of uh, Brett Boone's Brett Boone's little brother, uh, the biggest weakness that everyone's everyone always wants to talk about is the starting rotation of the Yankees. Jordy, um, I personally think. People blow that over more, or sorry, talk about that more than they should. I don't think the starting lineup's as bad as people claim. I would agree with that. Tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah, so I mean, the only thing that that's the reason why people bring that up is because they're, for the most part, there are parts of them that are younger. The older guys are injury prone. Uh, people will say Severino had a very he outperformed last year. CC Sabathia outperformed, and he's older. He's one of the oldest pitchers in the league. Um, then the, the number five starter, whether it's Jordan Montgomery or Luis Cesa, uh, you know, you don't really know what you're going to get from there. So inconsistency on paper is what, is what a lot of people will say. Severino, I don't think that was just a fluke. I think he can still put, even if he has a slight bit of a regression, it's still a very solid year. Sonny Gray has paid immense dividends from that trade immediately. Uh, but the big question mark comes to Tanaka. Can he stay healthy? Uh, you know he's really had issues the last couple of years of of staying healthy, uh, and if he does, I mean he could be 2014 Tanaka 
in terms of just shutting people down. I mean, he did stay, he was relatively healthy down the stretch uh, and, and showed that. So, I mean, that's where a lot of people get, get it and want to think that this, that Tanaka, you know, might not be the ultimate. Uh, um, I mean, he finished strong. He finished, he finished really strong. strong. And now that I'm looking at it, he actually started 30 games. So, that's actually I just I just literally did what you were talking about. I assumed because he had injury problems two and three years ago that he had him last year and he didn't. He started 30 games, which is pretty much every game he can start as a starting pitcher. Granted, he had a pretty inconsistent year, but he's finished very strong. Yeah, he had a, he had a lot of short outings. A lot of yeah. short outings. Um, but again, he was doing the right thing at the right time, you know, almost, almost, oh, uh, you know, in the playoffs and all that stuff. And that's, I mean, that's what you need to do. And that's how it goes. But uh, Severino, I think, you know, they put a lot of faith in him. Like you said, you know, taking a chance and signing him, uh, sort of letting, letting Pineda walk in free agency. But they also started, they started Severino in that wild card game and he lasted what? Two thirds of an inning. Um, exactly. So it's a lot of inconsistency. Yeah. And, and honestly, that was a brilliant move by, by Girardi. Um, brilliant move by Girardi. Taking him out that early and save the game for them. Um, but I'm going to turn around and say, uh, Brett Bruins, little brother is the weakest part. And, and I think, uh, people, their offense, their starting pitching is a little better than people think. And I think their offense is a little worse than people think. Um, and that's my honest, honest assessment. I think people are overblowing their offense and, and under underselling their defense, if that's the right word, or underselling their starting pitching, if that's the right word. No, I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, just the, the reason why, and everybody likes to blow up inconsistency and oversell consistency, obviously the bladder being very valuable, but, you know, we like to go much more uh, – you know, to the bigger extremes than we do as a as a society, but that's a little stay woke for you. <laughs> um, well, let's move on. Let's move on to the Tampa Bay Rays, a team who really sold very recently. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to put it any simpler. They've made a lot of trades, uh, sent a lot of players throughout this offseason to uh, all corners of Major League Baseball. Whether it's Evan Longoria out to Tampa or to San Francisco, or the aforementioned Brandon Drury, most recently to New York, uh, Tampa Bay has, and unfortunately, the last couple of years, really any talent that's come through has been sent out as soon as they have some type of value. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. This is the team that lost the most amount of of their players or starters, bench players, most of their players, period, um, from last year's team. So it's sort of that unknown of, of you know, is their young talent going to produce like they did a couple years ago um, when they made a run? Or, you know, is this sort of a, the beginning of another Tampa Bay Rays slash Devil Rays uh, downswing for the next five years? Um, so that's sort of it'll be an interesting season to see how that goes um, for them. But they, there is, they do have some players who are talented. They do have some – you know, I mean, Matt Duffy is no slouch, and the guy who replaced uh, Longoria at third, and I think, you know, almost like John Carlos Stanton, it was time, time for him to go, time for time for Longoria to, you know, see what else was out there, and and they didn't leave on bad terms, and the no. fans aren't upset with him in any way, and I think it's just one of those things where, you know, it's, it happened, and I think people loved the time that he was there, and I think it's uh, needed to. 
it needed to happen. The split needed to happen, and they needed to free up that space to try and see how they should rebuild and what they should rebuild. So that's that's my opinion on it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they go because they have they're almost the opposite of the Orioles. They have good starting pitching, also a very good closer, decent bullpen. Their offense has a lot of holes in it that could. You know, they have some good players. You mentioned Duffy. Denard Spann's a recent acquisition. CJ Crone's not too bad, uh, but not the best. Um, Akiavada, Avadia, or however you pronounce his last name. Uh, he's former Marlin. He's pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, Chris Archer is, is still one of the better younger pitchers. Oh, yeah, that, and that's what I was kind of getting at, was that does Tampa Bay decide towards the deadline, can we try to you know, either hold on to him or Jake Faria or even Blake Snell? Uh, and and try to build around them. Do we trade them and try to build? You know, how do we want to build? Is basically what they're the, the questions they're going to be they're going to be asking. Or even for Alex Colom, do we trade him and and build that way? Um, so there'll be some some questions to be answered for sure for certain in Tampa. No, and and honestly, it's tough because like you know, Tampa for all intents and purposes may have had not had great talent or great starting pitching or whatever, but they've always had – sorry, not starting pitching. Offensive talent. They haven't always had great offensive talent, but they've always had good pitching. They, you know, they have this the scouts who can find pitchers somehow. You know, you know, all That's through. true. Um, and that was really why they made their, their those run those couple of years because pitching both starting and bullpen. And their bullpen has always been a good one. Um, and I don't, and I honestly believe this year it's that's not going to be the case. You know, I think this this will be the the first year in quite some time that the Rays might not have as good bullpen as we as as they have had, and and that strength of their bullpen always allowed them to win those grind out three two games or one 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 game or you know what I mean. So yeah, um, I think this year they lose a, more of those one one run yeah, games. I think, they I think they lose a couple steps in the back end. Yeah, more. I think they, uh, you know, they, the lose, they lose some games Thanks. one run because they're bullpen. I think this year they lose some of those uh, because of the bullpen. But that's no, no, that's a good assessment. Um, yeah, so give me give me a reason to root for this team. If if I'm a Tampa native, give me a reason to to go to the park every day. Say Matt Duffy's is exciting. Mm-hmm. If Archer or Faria is starting, definitely go see him. Be nice. Yeah. Um, See, Jordy, this is why you're the best the best host because you know those you are probably your, your three reasons though. Those three players. Um, this is this is why you're the best host. You can make you can make one of the worst teams in baseball sound uh, sound good, and and that's that's why uh, I'm always impressed by you. Let's yeah, the, I mean, let's hit the last team, the AL East. Yeah, and I appreciate the. Uh... Appreciate the encouragement, Greg. But yeah, the last team up is a team that I was pretty high on coming into last year, and man, was my uh, my thought on them ever so wrong. We go to the Great White North, the Toronto Blue Jays. Greg, tell me about my uh, my mistake from last year. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people gave their offense a lot of credit just based on this season they had in 16 and that really hurt them in 17 because you've people forget they made a ton of acquisitions in 17 to sort of make that late run and that playoff push. Um, and they were always going to be a team that's in the hunt, in the mix until late and then taper off because 
their starting pitching is miserable and they're not miserable, but their starting pitching isn't as good and their their bullpen that's what I meant. Their bullpen's miserable. Starting yeah. pitching is great. Um Jordy, did you know? I'll let you guess. Okay. Okay. I'll let you guess. Um did you know the Toronto Blue Jays in their farm system, okay, have the son of one of baseball's greatest hitters. And I'll let you guess who it is. And the clue, I mean, the only good clue I can come up with would give it away. Uh, he is a junior, so it's such yeah. and such junior. I think I know the answer. All right, who, 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 give me a guess. The former world number one prospect or, or international number one prospect, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Nice. Oh, so you do do, you do, do your homework. You do, do, you do know your stuff. Oh, yeah. I've, Kept an eye on him for a while. He was, I think that ra- that ranking came out like 2014 or 2015. So I was uh, a very excited to see that he was already of professional age, and b excited to see where he goes. I mean, do do you know if he wears batting gloves? I do not know. Does he? I, I hope no, he doesn't. I have no idea. I hope he doesn't too. That's yeah. why. That's why. I mean, I brought it up. I really hope he doesn't. Yeah, I really hope he doesn't. Could you imagine if he like? went to Dick's or some sporting goods store and like, dad, dad, my hands have blisters on them. We need to buy batting gloves. Like, do you think he gets yelled at by Vladimir senior at the store? Like, no, we don't fucking wear these things. Pee on your hands. Do what, do what we all do. <laughs> that's a good, <laughs> those are tape on the index figure. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, a great, that's a great question. I mean, I mean, for starters, those that don't know, that wasn't just some gross thing that we came up with. That's the rumor that why what all players that don't wear batting gloves do to toughen their hands up. <laughs> uh, that uh, needed to be pointed out because there's somebody that's like, oh, I'm going to give – I like these guys' takes on hockey, so I'm going to give baseball a shot, and we, we might have scared them away. So it needed to be pointed out. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen – I, I had I, unlike uh, unlike you I'm not as uh, as well versed with the prospects uh, in baseball so I actually ended up at uh, one of the minor league games for the Double A team uh, the Red Sox have and and Vlad Junior was playing and I was the like the Sea Dogs yeah up in, Maine, <laughs> up in Maine let's go yeah and I was like Vlad Junior like I was like oh you know just like one of those like. By by hap, happen circumstance, happen to see him play, uh, and I don't remember about the gloves. I should have I should have known. My bad, my mistake. Um, Jordy, this let's let's get into the actual team here, okay? Um, Donaldson, Smoke, uh, Curtis Granderson's on his team. Russell Martin's still there. Kevin Pilar, who I effing hate, uh, center fielder for that team, is up. Oh. To do with the high socks and big eyes and all that. Um, offensively, do you think this team can? I wouldn't. Want, I don't want to say compete with the Yankees, obviously, based on what people are saying about their offense. But do you think they can keep up with a, a, a production of like a Red Sox or even an Orioles that um, produces some runs or within the division? Do yeah, they, I don't know necessarily if you're going to see a ton of power from them. I think one thing that we harped a lot on Baltimore that you're not certain you're going to find the opposite here is manufacturing runs. Um, same with the Yankees. We harped on them a lot, but they're, they can double you their way into a lot of people's uh, 
on onto the scoreboard. But Toronto at least has speed. They have Granderson, like you talked about, even though he's getting a little older. Same with Tulo. They traded for Aldemis Diaz from St. Louis. So he's another guy that's on there. Devin Travis is no slouch. Um, Justin Smoke isn't terribly fast, but they got, you know, they have some abilities to move move people around the bags. Um, Probably not a ton of home runs. I think you're going to see most of that from Donaldson. Um, Maybe, I'm not even going to try to guess somebody behind him that could. Maybe Justin Smoke. I don't know. but I think in terms of where they could compete, I'd say maybe a step below the Red Sox. Um, and I'd say maybe a couple steps behind the Yankees. I'd put them above Baltimore, though, just because I'd rather – I think they're going to put the ball in play more than Baltimore. I'll put it that way. So less strikeouts, more opportunities to make plays. No, I agree. And and I think their starting pitching actually is is pretty good. Yeah, it is. It is pretty good. The thing that always – as a Red Sox fan, I almost always rooted for to to get to the bullpen because that's where that's where you oh that's that's where they're gonna fall apart. That's where you can catch up and do some damage. But I mean, Stroman is unbelievable. Hap yeah. is is pretty good. Estrada's good. Aaron Sanchez is good. And then they just picked up Jaime Garcia from the Yankees. Also, um, you know, also a, a pretty good pitcher. Um, let me ask you a question going back to the offense before we get jump quickly into the starting pitching and, and relief pitching. Troy Tulowitzki is when is he projected to get back? Uh, let me check that. He's still you. on the team, right? He's still on the team. I think that's why you got Diaz in there to at least be an opening day starter. Uh, according to Yahoo, Troy Tulowitzki is team news. If my computer would load up is probably good. It looks like he could be ready for opening day. They're expecting that he's going to be ready. Um, He's moving in the right direction. According to to John Gibbons, their manager. Um, Or no, it doesn't look like he doesn't look like he'll be ready. Um, Sorry that this didn't lead up. Right. Um, Doesn't look like he'll be ready. He's moving in the right direction. So looks like Diaz is going to be the opening day starter. Uh, I wouldn't think, he doesn't have a date here, but I don't think it'd be that far into the season that he'd probably get a that he would uh, miss. I don't see a date here, though. Okay. Well, the point is that so so let okay let's go uh, a week or so you know let's go or a month sorry let's go April instead of or sorry May instead of April whatever where he's fully back in the lineup. I mean, it's still like I said that offense is still going to be able to produce some some runs and, and hopefully manufacture some stuff like they did last year. Um, mm-hmm. So give us, a, give us, give us your pitching breakdown. Um, I always start, give us a pitching breakdown for the blue Jays uh, from the top. So you have Marcus Stroman, very solid pitcher, eats a lot of innings. Marco Estrada could be okay. Jay Happ could be okay. You mentioned Jaime Garcia could be, could be solid, uh, more of a back end guy. Uh, same with Aaron Sanchez. Um, yeah, so I mean, you have you have a good rotation, uh, very good up top, kind of on the backside. But like you said, the the key is is that especially with the three, four, five starters, if they're not playing their best, if they're a little inconsistent, it could get ugly once you get to relief pitching, and if it becomes a slugfest because you don't have 
a constant threat of somebody to just blow this game, blow the, you know, blow the game up and and put up a ton of runs for you. It might be tough for them to to claw their way back into a game. Hmm. Uh, listen, I agree. I, I'm on. I think their starting pitching is is really good, and and uh, I think their bullpen struggles. And I and the only thing that the, the only thing that the Blue Jays have going for them, and this has been my my thing that I've talked about for years, and, and one of those things that are that I think is real but may not be real. Um, no AL East, team, AL East team ever plays well in Toronto. Uh, for whatever reason, the Blue Jays own the AL East at home, and whether it's sweeping or, or winning series two to one, you know, very rarely, at least for the Red Sox, do they go up to Toronto and have a successful uh, a series on the road. So that's my uh, almost how they're gonna how they're gonna get some wins here and there. But uh, yeah. Jordy, give us. Do you want to start from the bottom in terms of ranking uh, where they finish? Do you want to start from the top? So quickly, okay. Before right. we do, before we go to the rankings, Listen, because would... he hasn't signed anywhere, I want you to take a stab at where you think Jose Bautista is going to sign. Oh, nice. Where did he end up at the end of the season? He was still with the Blue Jays. He just didn't the he didn't decide to to take his option and decided to walk. He wants too much money, right? That's why he walked. Yeah, he wants a lot of money. He had an op. He had a team. He had an option. I think the Blue Jays decided they didn't want to pull up for I think nineteen million dollars. Um, he's expressed interest of all teams to go potentially play for Tampa, which would be insane. But uh, I mean, do you think who? Where, where do you think he would end up signing? It has to be an AL team, right? He's got to be. He's got to sort of be that that DH outfielder mold um i mean maybe maybe he finds his way out to the los angeles angels of anaheim you know they're spending a ton of money on useless people uh you know why not uh... <laughs> no no they're 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 spending a lot of money this offseason so he won't get paid by them but if he wants to win and and do well i mean that'd be a smart place for him to potentially land yeah. um but no, uh, uh, reality. I mean, that'd be awesome if he ended up with the Rays. But I'm hoping it's anywhere but the AL East. That'd be a little weird if he did. I mean, because they they'd be spending all their money on him. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you. I think it's probably an AL team. Um, it's just tough because when really you leave the AL East, you start getting into. Really, aside from the LA Angels of Anaheim, you get into smaller market teams or teams that are already paying a lot of guys a lot of money, like a Houston or even a Texas Rangers. Um, Detroit could be somebody I, I could see coming out of nowhere to get them um, if they wanted to pony up a bunch of money because they're well, you know, we'll go in, we'll go into the AL Central a little bit uh, later on, but I don't, you know, it's I, I would say AL team over NL team for certain. So Jordy, yeah. Again, kind of off a little bit topic, a little, but based on the way this off season went, uh, in terms of no one signing big Scott, Boris clients to big contracts, no one really getting that much money when it's all said and done outside of the Japanese guy. Uh, is the glimmer of hope for Bryce Harper a little brighter? 
In Philly? You mean if, if you're – oh, for Phillies. Uh, potentially. You know, he didn't rule it out last year when he could have easily said, I fucking hate those guys. He said, you know, I, I respect them or something like that. Um, <laughs> would I want him? Who wouldn't? We also, you know, if if our outfield and obviously we'll talk about this uh, when we get to the NL East, the Phillies outfield could uh, you know, could do pretty well. They could. Uh, they're no Bryce Harper, but they could. Do you think um, he did? What money, do you think he gets paid the the hundred hundred mil that everyone keeps projecting? That's the that's the big question. Um, I mean, why wouldn't you pay him that big money though? It's Bryce Harper. That's the thing is that there's no. We even had a big. We haven't had Mike Trout. Like one wow. of the clearly Mike Trout is number statistically he's better than Harper. Why That's kind of what I was getting at though. Is you haven't had one of the, like the top outfielders um, in that same echelon as them go hit the market for a lot for you know a couple of years now. Uh, really, just Harper re-upping his deal over and over and getting money from the team that he started playing for. You haven't, had, you haven't had to have them go out and compete. So you haven't had almost a market reset. You have the J.D. Martinez deal, and that that could be a set there, but baseball's a little different with how they do their money. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. I mean, um, obviously we can talk about this as the season goes on a little more, and especially as we continue to go through these previews, we're going to start seeing more and more people sign, whether it's Bautista to Tampa or wherever, or anybody else that's still out there and has not you know, made a play to, you know, get onto a roster, which I think they will. Uh, but, but we'll see. You know, I think the re- I think how the next three weeks go before opening day will dictate a lot of the uh, the rest of the re- the next couple off seasons, I think. All right. Uh, just something quick. I know uh, we had joked that uh, Bryce Harper said he wanted to be in pinstripes and what have you, and the Phillies had the pinstripes. So, um, yeah. Oh. Anyways. The red pinstripes. Let's, uh, let's, let's go – Give Joe start top top or bottom first standing. We'll start at the bottom. All right. Who do you got? I think it's pretty easy of who I got at the bottom, and this is assuming they don't or yeah, I'd say even without with Bautista, they'd probably finish at the bottom. I'm gonna go Tampa at number five. Ooh, okay. Okay. Uh I'm gonna go Baltimore. Okay, that's my number four. Um the only reason why. Oh, uh, you know what? No, I agree. T- Tampa bottom. Baltimore nope. four. Nope, nope, nope. Baltimore bottom. Keep into it. Hate Buckshaw. All right. Just remember, hate Buckshaw, Walter. Hate Buckshaw, Walter. <laughs> Stick with your guns. I like it. Baltimore. Ba- go with my gut. Baltimore last. Um, and there. I mean, it's not going to be by too many games in terms of how many, how many there, are, how many, you know, whatever the split is. But um, you know, I think at the end of the day, Baltimore is just. So miserable uh, pitching wise that I think Tampa Tampa can win a couple more games than than Baltimore can. They could they could grind out a few more. I think it's close to the bottom. I think that middle the middle team is pretty far and away better than them, but not nearly at the top two. Um, and I think we're probably in agreement there. Yeah, and so the third play the team finishes third, but still it's Toronto. Uh, yeah, agree, and I think I think they still might have a chance to to sing to that wild card number two. I was going to say that I think they're a wild. I think if the 
the t- the Minnesota Twins can make a push for it, I think they could put something similar like that together because they have a little more experience than Minnesota did last year. Yeah, and they almost did it last year, Jordy. I mean, they they almost or I guess the Rays, sorry, the Rays almost and the Blue Jays, they both sort of almost made that second wild card uh, spot. They were in it. Up yeah, the, yeah, Tampa Bay wasn't going away last year. They were, yeah, they were in it up until the end to to sort of challenge the Yankees. That would have been a great. I mean, I predicted two AL, AL East teams in the uh, in the wild card, and I think I'm in well, whatever. But yeah, Toronto, Toronto, Toronto could push again. Toronto could push again. I think. Uh, yeah, all right, Jordy, certainly. who do you got number two? Let's uh, let's let's be honest here. Give us give, give me who you got. I got the Yankees number two, and then the Red Sox winning it. Stop it! Yeah. Wow. Let's hear your reason. All right. So I think I don't think it's as bad as everybody says, but I think the pitching for New York is not nearly at the same echelon as the Red Sox pitching. Uh, I think the Yankees certainly have more power than the Red Sox do, but we talked about it before. It's going to be tough if they're not hitting bombs or if Stanton or or um, Judge get into you know some slumps or if Gary Sanchez gets in. I mean, if, one, if two of their four big guys get into a slump, it could be there could be some shortcomings for them. I mean, we saw last year with Judge when he got into a slump, he really got into a slump. So, you know, I just don't trust that. I think it's close. I think they might even have the second best record in the AL, but I think the Red Sox have better pitching. They can manufacture runs better. And I like that bullpen a little more than I like the Yankees bullpen, especially at the very end of the game, I think you can set up and close it out a lot more bang, bang, bang than the Yankees can. Yeah, I mean, I don't play for the Red Sox, nor do I work for them. So, you know, you can't really say me or you or you guys, but uh, the, the, <laughs> the collective you. Uh, no, I mean, honestly, Jordy, it's so tough because, you know, I'm so torn uh, in, terms, in terms of what I, what I really think. Uh, for one, two in the division, um, how they're going to finish. Because you look at the World Series last year and the teams that were able to be successful all year, it really was their hitting, you know, is their offense. Um, exactly. Yeah, the, with the Red Sox being the exception, being the, you know, one of the shittiest offenses in the league last year, you know, really the top teams um, were really all offense. And, and it's, might be the way the game's going. It could be the juice baseballs. It could be all that BS that everyone talks about or whatever. But for me, it's so in for that reason, it's so hard to to not so hard. It's it makes me pause and think about you know potentially having the Yankees or predicting the Yankees to finish higher just for that specific reason. As we said, baseball is going that offensive route. But at the end of the day, you know the Red Sox are a team that last season, right, won 93 games, okay, 93 games. They added two guys on their bullpen just from coming back from injury who are way better, okay. They got Hannah Ramirez, who's finally going to be back to what he was before just because of the TV 12 method. Thank you, Tom, um, the GOAT. And then you add a guy like J.D. Martinez, who offensively is – Production-wise, uh, not only from the home runs, but RBIs and the on-base percentage and the doubles and what have you, he's and he's a righty who can just eat up the monster, uh, and he loves to go opposite field down the short porch they got in right. It, it 
their offense is only going to be better. If that makes sense. So, and that now makes total sense. Yeah, now they're not going to rely on guys like Mookie Betts to be their top top uh, home run getters when he should be a leadoff or two. You know, so I think their offense produces way better than they did last year. And again, a team that won ninety three games all of a sudden got a better bullpen. Their starters are going to be that much better because they're not going to be injured. And uh, you know, then they turn around and their offense got better. So it's hard to say to pick against the Red Sox. It's hard to pick against the Yankees. End of the day, gun to my head. Obviously, I'm taking the Red Sox, and um, you know, I, I really don't think Judge is going to have that great of a year. And John Carlo, you and I, I've rooted for him to get 61 last year, and you know, he came up short. What are you, 58 or 57? Uh, there's no way he's able to come too close to that number this year. I mean, I think he might end up with 30 or 40, but sorry, close to 40, if not 40s, but I don't think he hits the 50 threshold uh, this year. No, I'd agree with that. Uh, And you're also playing in a better pitching division than you did last year. So I think that was a lot of it. And you'd now have to play Houston six times. I don't, I don't think, no, they did the, they did play Houston at least three times last year, but you know, twice as much doesn't really bode well for you if you're uh, Mr. Mr. Giancarlo. Yeah, so for that reason, I mean, kind of boring. We had the same exact prediction. I mean. No, like, you no, you Baltimore last. So, I mean, okay. you know, we had a little bit of a difference, a little bit. All right, fair. But still, I mean, <laughs> I, I had, I had, anyways. Uh, you know what that means, though, Greg? What? Everybody's going to have to tune in next time to see – if we have differing picks for another division. Ooh, even better. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, self-promotion pat on the back. Nice job. You're, I mean, that's why you're great. Give us, give yeah. us the roundup before we get into Oscar previews or even stadium snack. Uh, let's bring back some segments from, from the old bullpen cart. Yeah. So for those that don't remember, we have a few segments that we love to talk about stadium snacks, one very near and dear to me and Greg's heart. Um, but just to kind of to reset everything, we are still doing the hockey and hoops hour. Tune in for that. It's going to be me and Maddie D tomorrow night. Going to record Wednesday night, release out on Thursday. Um, then girls on hoops. Keep, keep an eye out for that. That's probably gonna come out over the weekend, probably Sunday, Monday. Um, what else we got? Thunder BLG on Twitter. Make sure to follow on there. Thunderblogsports.com, Of course. Uh, and Thunderblog on or Thunderblog Sports on Instagram, but you want to start Stadium Snacks to finish up the Oscars? Yeah. All right. So you had one you were pretty excited about. Tell me. So last year, um, going into the season, the Red Sox and the, the Red Sox, sorry, Fenway Park announced the, uh, you know, the lobster. Yeah. The lobster poutine, which I got a chance to try. Mm, I enjoyed it, but also lobster and, and turkey gravy don't really go that well together. So I ended up eating lobster on his own. But this year, the Red Sox tried to go a little simpler with, with or Fenway. Decided to go a little simpler with uh, lobster and uh, with a little lobster melt, if you will. So like a grilled cheese Ooh. with lobster in it. Okay. You know, something to think about. Um <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And obviously uh, the big one, the big one that everyone's talking about in the news and, and everyone's really excited for um, with the Red Sox would be in Fenway Park would be uh, Dell's Lemonade. Yeah. 
That was the stadium snack last year. So good. It is. It's unbelievable. You know, big old yeah. lemonade, a big, big, nice little frozen, uh, frozen lemonade. It's uh, unbelievable. Yeah. You want to you explain to the, the newer listeners of what it is, Greg? Oh, let them try it first. It's unbelievable. So, you know, think slushy, think frozen lemonade combined. You know, it's not, it's not slushy because there's not as much sugar, um, but it's also not a, it's not Philly a. Philly listeners, it's a little bit like water ice. I had to say it the Philly way, Greg. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, but yes. And then, you know, they got a little chunks of lemon in there, which, you know, is always a nice surprise. They'd have one of those, uh, that comes with one of those straw slash spoons you know the the two-in-one combo if you will you know the little red ones that have the small little thing on the bottom um you know it's just a great it's a great all-around thing uh dell's lemonade you know located in the right field concourse as well as outside the stadium before um mm-hmm. you know so good jordy happens to know uh the owner and uh i do it, it's awesome it's great i get hooked uh. up with free stuff thanks to uh jordy's connection so uh <laughs> Yeah, I guess, I guess it's mine. Um, <laughs> not not nearly related to anybody that's uh, on this podcast at all. I mean, <laughs> you were baseball teammates with uh, this this person. I, I actually, sure. you were you were sport teammates with this person, and I was not ever. So, really, never, not even his kids. No. Wow. Also, this guy was a bleacher creature, which I did not prepare one for tonight, so I do not have a bleacher creature. But that's our uh, fan of the week. Who's that? Paul. Oh, remember he was the first one. He was the first bleacher creature. The first bleacher creature. Yeah, yeah. little stories. Um, so yeah, explain the bleacher creature segment, and then give us your uh, your food. Uh, sorry, your stadium snack. Yeah, so the bleacher creatures fan of the week. Basically, we look at uh, you know the best stories that we've seen, uh, or stories that we have from uh, our times going to games and what we've seen. Uh, prime example that we used last year uh, was my, was Greg's cousin, Paul running, running and catching a, a home run ball from a bunch of little kids. Another one that we love to use are the stories of little kids having catches with, with baseball players at spring training. You know, those videos that you see go viral um, or mascots doing crazy shit that are literal bleacher creatures. So those are always pretty funny. Obviously, if you have any of those that you want to submit, feel free to DM them to us. Same thing with stadium snacks or even beers for the beer corner. Um, which is more of a Maddie D segment since he is the uh, the beer specialist for us. Um, and but my stadium snack, I'm trying to look up because because they did announce what they were adding at Citizens Bank Park, but Google is failing me right now. Oh, we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to do it on the NLE's podcast. We will have to do it on the NLE's podcast. But since since I can't find it. Uh, and I had a couple good ones that they were adding. I will talk about the one that I put up on our Instagram for the Flyers game. I know yeah. it's not a baseball stadium snack, but Give it is still flyer. at a stadium. Give us the Flyer one. Yeah, so it's called the Chicken and Waffle Tacos. Ooh. Now, if you haven't seen this on our Instagram, again, it's Thunderbog Sports. Go check it out. It's from about a week ago. Basically, what this is, Greg, is that they took a waffle taco shell. It's okay. about the same you know, thin waffle crisp almost shaped like a taco shell like from taco bell put some shredded chicken in there a little coleslaw and i don't know what kind of mayonnaise they use but it must be some type of aioli because it goes very well with the barbecue sauce and get ready for this maple barbecue sauce on top of this incredible now i have 
Now, if you do get a chance to go to this, I'm, I would imagine they have this at Flyers and Sixers games probably throughout the rest of the regular season because uh, that, that's only another month for hockey and basketball. What I recommend is because you'll taste this when you eat from where the food actually is because the shell's a little bit longer than the amount of food that they stack in there, if, if that makes sense to visualize. The top part's going to be a little dry, the top part of the shell. So let either soak it in some of the, the syrup that's dripping out or or crunch off, you know, break off some and put it into the middle of the taco. Give yourself a little extra crunch because that way it really unleashes the waffle, if that makes sense. It's not as dry. So the waffle, is it like a waffle cone or is it like a thin actual like a waffle? So it, it looks like a waffle cone, but it's it tastes like a regular waffle it looks like they literally made a crisp out of an ego oh that's awesome yeah it's All pretty right. goddamn good if you had the opportunity to try this i highly recommend it uh i don't know if aramark who does the uh wells fargo center food the same thing with citizens bank uh if they're going to transfer that to their other locations around the country since they do a lot of different stadium snacks but uh maybe fenway maybe fenway they did they, they it? try it that's my recommendation to you Listen, and I mean, I just went to, cool. I just went to the Instagram, super easy to find, found the pick, looks yeah. unbelievable. A uh, little jealous you got to eat it, but uh, maybe, uh, maybe when the Bruins beat the Flyers on Thursday night, you can give me a give me a little recap again about something new. But a uh, little plug for the bees. Wow. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll be there tomorrow. I'll be there Wednesday night for the Flyers versus the Penguins. Uh, doing double duty, recording a podcast, then immediately going down to the game. So, uh, wow, big night for this guy. Nice. Uh, yeah. Give us, Jordy. Give us your Oscar biggest surprise or snub. Uh, the more of the snub because there weren't really any surprises. <laughs> so, hot seat snub, whatever you want to call it, on surprises at the Oscars. You obviously they made a lot of jokes about the the wrong envelope and all that stuff. Um, so they made sure to do it all right. Um, this this time. Uh, biggest snub, though, I mean, it was awesome that Jordan Peele won for Best Original Screenplay. I would have loved to see him win for director. Mm -hmm. I, I have not seen The Shape of Water or the fish fucking movie, as I so eloquently caught. Um, but, you know, I mean, obviously it did very well. It won Best Picture, Best Director. Um, but I, I would have liked to see him or, or Greta Gerwig win for, for Best Director because they both really poured their hearts and souls into it. The stories behind both of those movies are just incredible and how much they really wanted to to push for those movies to get made. Um, I heard that, that Guillermo del Toro did as well, so I don't want to take anything away from what he did. Um, but, you know, it's it would have been cool to see on, on that regard, especially with, uh, you know, it, it with Get Out winning for Best Original Screenplay. Yeah, no, and I think Get Out and Jordan Peele 100% deserved what he got. I think he should have yeah. gotten more. You're right. I was rooting for, rooting for him for Best Director. Um the only thing that frustrated me the most um, was the best picture because it's like the fucking artist bullshit, like the, the yeah. artist that didn't have any words in it and somehow won a fucking Oscar for best movie of the year. That's bullshit. Like 30 people fucking saw it. Same with this fucking Shape of Water movie. The like, fish fucking movie. We know it is the yeah, fish fucking movie. Like 40, 45 people might have seen it instead of 30. Um, you know, and plus, especially because we saw like, you know, everyone went and saw Get Out. Every, you know, so many people – and I know it's not about viewers and I know that this and that, but like even the three billboards movie was unbelievable and so well no. acted and so well produced and put together so nice. 
and I just I, I didn't see the I did not see the water shape of water movie, but no, I didn't either. I, yeah. I didn't even hear about it until fucking yesterday or whatever. So yeah, did you think um, that it was interesting that they kept bringing up like Wonder Woman? Black Panther obviously came out in 2018, so it couldn't have gotten nominated for an Oscar. But they brought up like Thor. They brought up a lot of superhero movies, and and of course, like those don't really ever get nominated. Same thing with Star Wars. Lump it into there, but they kept bringing those up as great examples of movies, and obviously, what they were able to do, and and you know the the stigma that they're changing in Hollywood is important. But they kept bringing them up, and they weren't really nominated for a lot of stuff, like. Do you think they were trying to say something that they wanted it to get nominated or just more of the importance of those movies coming out? Yeah. I mean, I think it's more of the, I think it's more of, if we're being honest, I think it's more of like viewers, you know, what they went and saw, you know, like, yeah, that's a good point too. You know, people like those are the highest grossing movies, you know, outside of avatar, you know, how often does the highest grossing movie actually win the award? You know, maybe black Panther will this year, but Black Panther might be hurt by the fact that it came out so early. You know, I think that yeah. kind of hurt. I think that kind of hurt Get Out because it came out, you know. It came out like this time last year. Right. And it, people hadn't really thought about it for a while. And then they, all these weird, it looks like Shape of, movie, Shape of Water movies came out. And it's like. Well, Dunkirk did too. And Dunkirk won a ton of shit. Yeah. And, and that was, I mean, I, I mean, Dunkirk was a good movie. And war movies don't really win too much. But I, it's, I don't know. It's one of those things that I think. Uh, I mean, you. Everyone's no one's gonna be happy with whoever wins, but I think there was more people upset by Shape of Water. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, people thought that. Okay, without I'm all for women's rights. I'm all for equal rights and everything, but I'm I'm happy to see that the people voting or what have you weren't necessarily intimidated or scared into voting for a movie that may or may not have deserved an Oscar. If that makes sense. No. Um, you know, like Greta Gerwig and, and that movie, and yes, she hundred percent deserved to be nominated hundred oh, percent, sure. you know, hundred percent, you know, I don't know if the movie deserved, the, I don't think the movie deserved to win. She, you could argue, uh, could, should have, or could have won for best original screenplay, but at the same time, a coming, a, a girl's coming of age movie, uh, you know, that, that was Juno, but she was pregnant, you know, this, this is a mother daughter relationship. Like not for nothing, but the been done before. So I'm glad they didn't, weren't scared off to vote for a movie like that. Yeah. Um, the movie was really good. And, and Greta Gerwig did a great job directing. And obviously the movie itself was good. Uh, so she wrote a good movie, but I just feel that I'm, I'm happy that in way, even with get out, you know, that they didn't give them every award under the sun. Um, you know, just because people were. Yeah, it was like the important, it was the, I don't want to say feel good, but it was like the important movie that needed it. You know, it needs to get decorated. Right. And people are pressuring. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah people, are, people are pressuring them because, oh, it's only white people win and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, so for me, it was, I was happy to see they weren't intimidated by them, but I was also, I don't think some of those movies, I don't, at this point, I don't think some of those movies are strong enough to win those awards, you know? Yeah. Like, whereas last year some of them should and they didn't because they always give it to white people and what have you but yeah, yeah. i think this year they did a good job and i think the more nominees the better and i'm excited that they're actually starting to nominate more and more groups like that and hopefully yeah. uh, hopefully that continues and that trend's going the right way but um like i said i'm all for all that stuff i just am happy in on one hand to also see that they weren't intimidated to to make those movies 
No, no, no. I, I agree with that. Yeah, and I, I think most people would in that regard. But yeah, I mean, 2018 so far, I've only gone and seen one movie in theaters, but there's a lot coming out even just in March that I'm excited to go see. I heard Game Night was actually pretty good, so I might try to check that out uh, pretty soon. But obviously all the, the Marvel movies coming out, and then we'll hear all about the Oscar buzz and all that as we get into the summer. But, you know. You know, you know what movie I'm excited for end of this month? Uh, just because I read the book is Ready Player One. Yeah, I'm excited for that, too. I haven't read the book. I, the book I don't think I have time to read it before it comes out. My God, the book is unbelievable, Jordy. That's what I've heard. I heard it's great. The book is unbelievable. It's so good. Yeah. Just like in two, like I know one reference definitely wasn't in the book, but like all the visuals from all the different previews, like if you play video games or watch TV, like especially older TV shows, like the one that I was referring to that, that definitely wasn't because the book came out three or four years ago and the video game came out two years ago is, is a uh, tracer from Overwatch is in the trailer. Um, the RX 78 Gundam from the original Gundam series is in the trailer. I'm not sure if it's, a big plot point in the book or the movie. I'm excited to see if it is or not. Cause I love the Gundam series, but just if you have that inner nerd and the nerdgasm, get, you know, get that stuff going. I mean, that looks pretty sweet. And I'm sure for you, having read the book, you're just as excited, probably more than I am. No, I mean, it's one of those things where the book was so good that it's, I'm excited to see like the world and the, and the thing imagined in life uh, or, you know, out, you know what I mean? If that makes yeah. sense. Like, no, 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 it totally does. Yeah, almost. Yeah, I mean, if Avatar was a book, you know, the movie Avatar was written as a book, like it would have been, or Life of Pi, okay, perfect example, yeah. right? Life yeah, of yeah. Pi the book was really good, and they did such a good job of, of adapting it to the film to make it actually, you know, be able to put that sort of visual on something so stunning. And I'm, I'm hoping uh, Ready Player One does the same. And the storyline is very unique, and it's very, um, you know, almost to a fault of, of scary about how real and where the world could be going by the, by the time. But because it's all, it's all based around virtual, re virtual reality. Um, for those who don't know, it's, it's very much um, like a society where, you know, everyone is so poor. And then there was this virtual reality thing, the, an alternate world online that came out. Um, and, you know, almost like kids are, kids go to school through that. And, you know, it's very much a, uh, a one of those it could actually happen type things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's also sweet because the guy who created this world grew up in the '80s. is is the is the is the theme of the story, right? And so he loved video games, as George was talking about. Loved arcade games. Loved like all those different Dungeons and Dragons and things like that. So it sort of pays homage to things like that moving forward uh, throughout the story without giving too much away. It's yeah get those those like Jordy said those nerded out on those on those games and such throughout the yeah. whole thing so well the trailer even has like van halen he's driving around the car from back to the future i mean it, it looks it's pretty cool we'll put it yeah. that way i recommend you you read it Jordy. i don't know if i have time to because i'm not the fastest reader in the world and we have a lot of baseball podcasts that we have to get through in the next three <laughs> weeks which wraps things up perfectly stay yeah. tuned for the hockey and hoops hour coming to you probably released Thursday that we're dropping this Wednesday. Um, but then the rest of our, of our previews for the rest of the baseball divisions, uh, I do not have an idea of which one's going to come next. So stay tuned and be surprised. Uh, Greg, do you have anything else for me? Uh, no, I mean, pleasure as always. You're a great host. Okay. And, um, Thank you, my man. Thank you for coming on. 
make sure uh, you you cheer on the Bruins well on Thursday for me. And uh, well, no, the Bru- it's in Boston. Uh, is it? I thought it was in Philly. No, it's in Boston. The Bruins only come to Philly one more time. They come on Easter. Oh, all right. Well, maybe I'll get tickets and I'll cheer on your Phillies for your. I'll give I'll give one woo for the Flyers once for you, and then yeah. cut them down after that. Yeah. When they introduce Captain Claude, they'll be like, "Yeah, all right, Claude." By oh. the way, uh, Sixers looking good. Yeah, Sixers currently winning against the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, if you had a moment, go read the recap on Liberty Ballers, written by a certain girl of Girls on Hoops. Love it. Hey, have a all good right. one, Brady. Hey, Greg, you have a good one as well. Thank you again to everybody for listening to the return of the Bullpen Cart presented by Thunderblog Sports on the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. Have a good night, everybody. Peace.